We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Let's kick it back off. Fantasy football season, now that the draft is over, for me, officially begins right now. We need to rank these rookies, and not what they're going to be in Dynasty. There may be a show on Mayo Media Network in the coming weeks that is going to assess all of your Dynasty needs. Wait and see on that one. But I want to talk redraft, because that's what I care about. I care about best ball, care about high stakes, I care about my season-long leagues, and how these rookies are actually going to fit in and be useful this season, not four years from now. Don't really care about that. I care about what they're going to do for me in 2023. So a reminder to all of you out there to smash the like to the episode and sub to Mayo Media Network. You turn on those notifications, and boom, you shall be good to go. We'll have more football on Thursday on the Pat Mayo Experience as we dig deeper into the overall draft grades for these teams, plus a whole lot more. But Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com is on the line with me for the first time in months. He's been married. He's been on a honeymoon. He's having surgery. But you also rank some rookies, so that's fantastic news. (laughs) Yeah, I I did the rookies. I did the rookies. I did redraft rankings. I did dynasty ranks. I did rookie-only ranks. I got all of that out there. And, yes, I did the tattoo version of uh because i cannot stand things on my fingers so that is my ring for the, the official yes i'm a married person just like you 
That's true. I, I opted for the Kirk Cousins silicone ring, so I never have to take it off. <laughs> I, I never... That would actually be worse. Like really? I can't that that tightness would just I it makes me squeamish just even thinking about it. Yeah, but it's but it's not tight. It's real spongy. Like, you know, you can just mm. kind of squish it like that. Like you can work out with it on, you can play golf with it on. It's not that big of a deal. And uh, no, like I it is a constant reminder. I, I I just got we both just got back from Mexico. Like I got a, a sweet ring tan now. Oh, nice. See that I don't have to worry about that. I just have the tattoo in the place. Yeah, no, we did the official ring for the ceremony and even that, like the first couple days I, I got panicky because look how i got alien fingers dude like my knuckles are way too big for the how skinny my fingers are it just panics me out so right. yes i got the tattoo all right well let's talk about football because that's what we're here to do yes Bijan robinson is going to be the number one rookie that goes off draft boards in redraft leagues in best ball going to the falcons they have a super team of skill guys i mean do, do you think ritter <laughs> can get any of these guys the ball I actually do. I, I'm higher than most on Desmond Ritter. I, I don't think this is, this. let's make no qualms about it. It's going to be a run first team. Uh, this is Arthur Smith, and this is the drafting of Bijan Robinson, which means he's going to walk into 350 touches, if not more than that. And so I have no concerns about the fact of the run game. People are like, well, what? they're down. Like, Bijan Robinson's not coming off the field. Like, Tyler Algier, sorry, your time's done. You're a pure backup now. And Cordell Patterson might just get pushed primarily to passing game work, but... I'm not worried about Bijan for touches or for the offense or whatever it is. And I think the offense can be sustained under Ritter. You saw the last two games look pretty good. I think Ritter is not going to be anything more than a middle QB2 for fantasy or real-life terms. Like, that's just where he is. But he's consistent. He's a game manager, if people want to throw that term out there. Uh, he was, like I said, consistent through this time in Cincinnati. I thought he got a little bit undervalued by people. And people were like, oh, they need a new quarterback. They should take one. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine for the offense. It's not going to be top 10 offense, but I think he can manage enough. So I'm going back and looking at the Fed final few games of the year that Ritter was under center. And I, it, it wasn't like the Mariota offense from earlier in the year where he was throwing the ball like nine times a game, uh, which was actually <laughs> proving to be pretty effective for like the first eight weeks of the season or so. But there still just wasn't a lot of check down to any of the running backs, yeah. regardless of who it was, because there was always the fascination with like, well, Cordero Patterson's such a good receiver. Of course, he's going to carry the ball six to ten times a game, but he's also going to pile up like five, six catches because that's what he does best. But now, never throw to anyone out of the backfield. So I don't know <laughs> what the receiving ceiling is for Robinson in Atlanta. And I don't think that El, like I don't think that Algier is going to be completely worthless. I think that there's going to be enough in this backfield where listen, in the final game of the year Algier had 24 carries, Patterson had 5, Avery Williams had 4. Like this is an offense that like you said wants to run the ball even if they're losing they are going to run the ball regardless they're right. not going to throw to their running back so i could see a situation where robinson has like 18 to 24 carries a game but algier still has like 8 to 12 no, that's what i was going to say if you absorb both those running backs behind algier is that's where he could be but for fantasy terms that's nothing for us unless you're in a deep league i mean you're not going to want to sit there and bank that he gets 50 60 yards of uh, eight, 10 touches or that he hopefully finds the end zone. So he's more of a, if break glass, like if anything happens to Robinson, we just saw Algier can put up top 15 numbers. So he is now what we talk about every single year is one of the better clear cut handcuff backups, because unlike some of the other situations where there's even a third option to come into the mix, if the lead goes down, at least with Algier, we know he'll be the guy. So I'm not writing him off draft boards. He should still be drafted in that probably eight, nine, 10 round range because of the upside. If Robinson gets hurt, I mean, look, Javante Williams got hurt. Brees Hall got hurt. So there's definitely upside there, but you're not going to be able to rely on him any given week. Javante Williams still hurt. 
Yeah, there's still a question if he's going to be ready for week one. So, Same for Brees Hall, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw Brees doing some explosion drills on Instagram. He looks fine. <laughs> he looks fine. I don't know. They drafted yet another running back, so they might come slowly with Brees Hall. He might be 10 to 12 touches until the end of September, I guess. Remember Saquon Barkley from a few years ago, and then he got hurt as he got back to 100% against the Cowboys? I think that might be the Brees Hall plan for the Jets. Like, expect a little bit of a slow start for him. Well, optimism is an all-time high for Robinson and what he can do for you in fantasy. I saw, you know, I was yep. milling around. I didn't do any rankings. So I was like, hey, what are other, where are other people ranking him? And I see him inside, like, top five of all running backs. That seems like... Yep. A- bit much doesn't it because you hit on the key name here let's say Brees Hall is ready for week one in season long are you drafting Robinson Robinson or Hall I'm taking Robinson and call me crazy it just comes down to the volume I know people are going to talk about the offenses and there's data from how many times a running back in a bottom 10 offense finishes as a top 10 running back it happens though and the volume is here like if this was a different team if Bijan Robinson was drafted to uh, the Cowboys, no, that's actually the Cowboys would be the same situation because of that. I'm trying to think of a team like the Patriots and they didn't have Ramondre Stevenson. We'd be like, eh, okay, that's good, but we still know the Patriots are going to involve somebody else. Like Ramondre Stevenson is not a top five running back because they didn't really address the running back situation outside of what they did last year. And we're all sitting here saying, yeah, Stevenson's great, but we know they're going to include somebody else. It's Arthur Smith and the Falcons. Like, it's going to be Bijan Robinson. They just did it with Algier, who wasn't the draft capital and not even close to the talent of Bijan Robinson. They took a top 10 pick as a, a skill position player, which we know has been devalued in the NFL. Bijan Robinson is going to get 350 touches. So even if it works out to a year, some like the other running backs where it's he only gets four, five, six touchdowns, he's still going to be top 10 at worst. So I have him inside my top five. I would take him there. I know it's, rookie optimism, the excitement, fresh legs, and all that type of stuff. But even if Brees Hall was 100%, Brees Hall has night, a drafted rookie in addition to him, and that backfield. Michael Carter's still there. He might actually get cut at this point. But it's just less opportunities for the other players on the team's like style. Like I think the Cowboys was a better example of what I initially went with. If he got drafted to the Cowboys with no Tony Pollard, we'd be like, yeah, Bijan Robinson, I know the offense is better. But we know the volume is going to be there, and that's what I'm chasing. We know the volume. Okay, so Tony Pollard or Bijan Robinson? Mm, I go Bijan, but Pol- I have Pollard inside my. I have him at seven. I have him right there behind Taylor and Jacobs. See, I, I maybe I, I haven't done enough of a deep dive on this yet, but it just seems too high. And, and I really kind of go back for Pollard to, or Robinson for Robinson. Just I don't think he's going to catch any passes, and that doesn't you know take away from what his potential upside could be in scoring touchdowns and getting three hundred and fifty touches. I think that's probably a bit high because they don't throw to running backs all that often. Maybe that was a personnel thing. Maybe now that they have him, everything will adjust itself. But when I was thinking rookies and maybe he's better and maybe the offensive line is a little bit better, like especially the right side of the Falcons offensive line is quite good that aren't we kind of in store for a less receiving valuable Najee Harris rookie season? Mm, I think we're kind of more in store of a Nick Chubb season. So Nick Chubb, 20 to 30 receptions. I think that's the range we should put him at. I I agree with you that it's not even the throwing, but Cordell Patterson maybe probably still gets used in that fashion, whatever it might be. But the good thing is, like, the receivers, it's Drake London and and then, of course, Kyle Pitts. But, I mean, there's not a lot where it won't be Robinson or other options of the backfield. I know Ritter didn't, and he's not actually – you're right. He's not 
going to be in the 20 to 25 percent of throwing two running backs he's never going to be at the top of the league but there'll be enough to say 20 30 receptions so nick chubb where the pushback will come from and i'll agree with nick chubb 15 1600 rushes or rushing yards that would be a lot of rushes 15 1600 rushing yards and then 20 30 receptions for 200 or so receiving that's huge and that will be guaranteed top 10 even with four or five touchdowns he'll need the top 10 touchdowns or 10 touchdowns to reach the top five so i understand the pushback uh but where i'll chase the volume over the touchdowns now if it comes to arguing the backfields and you want to say well i'll take josh jacobs on the raiders versus the buddy john robinson of the falcons i'm not going to argue with you too much which is why you and i have done this for years let's talk tiers and let's talk the fact that he deserves to be in a tier with saquon barkley and derrick henry if healthy and austin ecklers of the world like he's in that same maybe you want to say austin ecklers in another tier than him but point being he's in the conversation if you don't want to take him there i get it but I think he deserves to be in that conversation. So off the top of my head, and again, I, you know, I, I will leave this open uh, to change over the course of the next five months or so before we actually do some drafts. But even in early drafts, we'll see how this shakes out. You know, like McCaffrey's going to be number one. Taylor, Eckler. I would have Barkley up there as well, just based on what mm-hmm. we saw from Barkley last year. Coming back, he's you know, he needs to have another great season to continue to get paid a ton of money uh, if they go to exclusive franchise him this time. I think that Robinson's in that tier, like you mentioned, with Henry and Jacobs. Like You kind of spelled out, hey, maybe you could have a Nick Chubb type of year. What about Nick Chubb? <laughs> so, I think Nick Chubb is interesting. Uh, so it's... Interesting in the fact that like you threw Taylor's name out and we kind of glossed over him. I would take Bijan Robinson over Taylor because I don't know like what is that offense? Like who's going is it going to be Gardner Minshew? Yeah, it's or, it's, it's got it's gotta be Minshew. You gotta you gotta think that. Unless they're like you, throwing, you have to think in, unless they're throwing away I mean unless maybe Richardson's awesome and he ends up and yeah. remember we all kind of laughed at Carolina when they started Cam Newton week one, then he threw four hundred yeah. yards in the first game. It's like, oh shit, yeah. like, really good maybe Richardson's going to be the same way but the expectation I would think and I would start Richardson unless he's just completely not ready because where the fuck are you going with Minshew (laughs) exactly and Richardson should be and Richardson as like the talent and everybody talking about leading up to the draft we just saw what that means for the NFL terms and what happened to Levis but with Richardson the concern also comes is not just how efficient is the offense? Does he actually cause it to score less as a whole because of his passing concerns it's also his rushing concern. The argument that you just, Cam Newton's a great example. All the years we sat here and said, well, Cam Newton, if there is only one running back, which there should be with Taylor, but there's still the potential, the Josh Allen, potential lost rushing touchdowns because Richardson's going to run and he's going to take some of those away. So that's why I say B. John Robinson versus Taylor is an interesting conversation. The Nick Chubb one, like you could call me crazy. Like, you, you know what? You ask me the questions all the time, Pat, and you maybe tell me. I'll ask you the question. Am I too low on Nick Chubb? There's something in my mind where I'm like, I know what Nick Chubb just did. They let Kareem Hunt walk. They didn't really do much to the backfield. They have Jerome Ford carrying over from last year. But, like, I'm just like, they want to use somebody else. We've sat here and said, why not Nick Chubb? Why not Nick Chubb? And they keep using somebody else. Maybe I'm too low at Nick Chubb and having him in the next tier down with Najee Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. See, I don't think so. Uh, I, I've been kind of you know, the captain amongst the two of us. You know, I'm the Captain Phillips of this, although he was the one who was taken over. So maybe you're the Captain Phillips of the Nick <laughs> Chubb boats. But I've always been low with Nick Chubb. Like, not low in sense like don't draft Nick Chubb, but I never wanted to take him in the first round because there's no receiving upside that goes along with it. When you look at the game-breaking running backs that you need to truly dominate in fantasy, like there's a reason that McCaffrey, even with question marks the past two years, you know, we sat here and 
didn't even have to argue about him being number one last year. I know some people had Taylor at number one. Some people had Henry at number one. It didn't really matter. We both looked at it like, well, Derrick Henry doesn't catch enough passes. And his reception total went way up last year. Coincidentally, you know, Arthur Smith's not around anymore. All of a sudden, they start throwing to their running backs a little bit more. Maybe it's an Arthur Smith thing. But when you can kind of pencil in, same as Eckler, why we continuously had him inside the top five, inside the top three. Like, if you have the potential to catch eight passes during a game, you don't even really need to be that good in order to score fantasy points. And that's the problem that I kind of see with Robinson, that I see with Nick Chubb. And why I see someone like Ramondre and Pollard at, you know, they're going to be in that like next tier down. I would have them both in the next tier up. Yeah, New England probably brings in someone else to spell him, but they still love throwing to Ramondre. With Harris gone, he's probably their goal line back. If you can pencil him in for like seven to 12 touchdowns, like he has top three fantasy potential at running back. And Pollard, if, there's tr- if he truly is the guy and he averages 18 touches a game, why isn't he top five? Mm, and that's the thing is, you know, does this offense come back to Dak Prescott passing a little bit more? And I know that was still involved with Tony Pollard, but, you know, you've seen Dallas struggle a little bit the past two years and they've been so run heavy that, yeah, Tony well, Pollard you, deserves you, to be top you 10. You know what? You know what? Maybe they don't have Zeke on the team anymore to run the ball up the middle for negative one yard every time. Just get rid of that. <laughs> you're good to go. You don't want to celebrate when he goes 20 for 60 with a rushing touchdown and be like, ha ha ha, they won. I just the explosion of Pollard and the way that he's utilized in the passing game, I really like. And I mean, I'm always a slut for the passing game other than the <laughs> chubs of the world, that kind of thing. Like Jacobs last year increased his receiving total a bit. Like that was nice to see. I don't know if that continues, but it probably should underneath Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, as long as he continues to play 75, 80 percent of the uh, snaps. Well, yeah, I, that's the thing, too, is like, does he continue that? Or do they get more out of Zamir White this year? Uh, I'm kind of looking now, and then, you know, the more we talk through this, like, I initially had a tier where I stopped at Jacobs, but now I feel like po- Pollard, Henry, Chubb, Harris, Stevenson, like, maybe this tier is giant. Like, I'm looking behind Christian McCaffrey, who feels now like the Cooper Cup from two years ago, where he's just by himself. Like, Christian McCaffrey, especially once he got settled in with San Francisco, was just on another playing field. I mean, he was averaging close to 20 points per game. And then you go to Eckler, Barkley, Taylor, Robinson, Jacobs, Pollard, Henry, Chubb, Harris, Stevenson, as you just mentioned. And I feel like, are we sitting here making an argument where any of them could be number two and any of them could be 11? I mean, 11 is probably a bit much, uh, but... Well, that's how far we go. There's nine running backs. I I, I guess so. Where do you break the tier here? I, I feel like Barkley and Eckler are kind of on a tier by themselves based on what their upside is like. If you told me at the end of the year... So kind of like tight end. Yeah, like Austin Eckler is the number one fantasy running back. It's like, yeah, that tracks. I can see how he got there. Same as Barkley. I could see how he could get there. It would be hard for me to envision Nick Chubb as the number one overall running back. Like, you'd have to score like 20 touchdowns. Or Jonathan Taylor or Josh Jacobs. And then for what we were talking about here, it's hard to see Bijan Robinson get there. Exactly. So Taylor's a bit interesting, though, because you can kind of play it one way where you you hit on it. And same as the thing that we had with Cam Newton, with Josh Allen, if you have a quarterback that's going to monopolize the goal line, which we don't know if that's going to be the case. That's just us projecting onto the situation. And it seems very logical if Richardson starts. However, you can kind of put it on the flip side too, is that what's the one advantage that a lot of these running backs have with quarterbacks like that? The running lanes 
for these running backs in terms of pure yardage are huge. And we've seen Taylor break off a ton of big runs early in his career. Like he could just have one of like a Derrick Henry type season where it's like, oh yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was 18 for 43 in the game. Oh, and then he also had two 80 yard runs for touchdowns too. Like there's that (laughs) potential. The problem is they're probably not going to be very good. They're probably not going to be up in games. And if they're not up in games, he might not get to 25 carries, which it may take, but he can be utilized in the receiving game as well. It's not like he's a non-factor there. Like when they swapped Hines for Moss, it's not like they brought in a pass catching running back. He stole their pass catcher. That's true. Uh, but then on the flip side, even to throw into all this, and we've already talked through it, but if it is Minshew and then you worry about the Minshew offense being one week, it could score 30 and next week it might score seven because he threw three picks and turned the ball over two more times on the ground. Oh, for sure. I, I think that he's in a more confusing situation. And as long as Eckler comes back, which it looks like he's going to do, it's not like they're, they've brought in someone to replace him. And we know that his efficiency is always going to trump whatever volume that he gets. More volume, the better, obviously, but he can do it in limited touches. That's why I don't really worry about Pollard. Outside of injury, we've just seen Pollard be so efficient that even if he gets more volume and he's less efficient, well, then he's just the guy that he was last year when Zeke was hurt, which was like a top three guy. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad we're kind of talking through this because I'm going to rework my tiers. I, I had a little bit different tier going through this where it's split at Jacobs and Pollard, but I think talking through this with you, and this is included, I mean, I haven't really changed my opinion that much, but I think the fact that Eckler and Barkley, kind of like you just said, in a tier of your own where all these other guys, it, there's there's ceilings to all that. Like, I think of the Taylor, Jacobs, Pollard, Henry, like Henry could get back to number one, but sure. that would be shocking, I would say, given his health what we finally saw last year he started to get banged up he actually started to be less efficient than the henry we used to know that offense is it is it Tannehill or how soon until they turn to levis and then you know i don't see Najah harris getting there i don't even healthy he was i think he was like rb7 or something like that after he seemed to turn the corner health wise last year and we talked through nick chubb so yeah i think that now like kind of talking through it with you it, like it would be mccaffrey and then eckler and barkley and then robinson is in that tier with all these names we're talking about yeah the other two that we didn't mention i guess would be ken walker and travis Etchin. but jackson the next tier. but jacksonville much like we saw where or at least we've theorized with atlanta and with cleveland and some of these other running backs for a guy who was hyped so much as a pass catcher coming out they don't really throw their running backs <laughs> They didn't, which was a little bit surprising. And then, of course, you have the addition of Bigsby, uh, which now concerned the they, fact of they, they drafted Clayton Bigsby, did they? <laughs> yeah, Tank Bigsby. Yeah, so there you go. Is you know that's a third round draft capital on Tank Bigsby to give a compliment. You know, we saw James Robinson at the beginning of last year. What that compliment was to Etn, where Robinson was having better weeks than Etn. I don't think he's coming in to be James Robinson. But as you mentioned, what do we also know about this team? Who's the head coach? Doug Peterson. We've said this for years. Not going to use a bell cow running back, which he kind of did with Miles Sanders' rookie season. But as other people, including Lauren Carpenter, who we know, friend of the show, I do a show with her as well, she brought up that was actually one of the worst years for the Eagles. So I don't know if that's in Peterson's mind with the ETN situation, but ETN's also the previous regime, not Doug Peterson. Not saying he doesn't love him. He used them plenty last year, but you throw all those factors in here to say that's why I have ETN not in this group. If ETN found his way inside the top 10, wouldn't shock me at all. But I think you throw him in that group with what do we know about Ken Walker and what do we know about Pete Carroll? He loves to use multiple running backs and then he drafted one. He did. 
And we'll see how that ends up turning out with how this shakes down, because they also got a first-round rookie wide receiver as well. Great. No bigger winner in the draft than Geno Smith, I think. <laughs> is he the biggest? I'm trying to think like, if there's like, any bigger There was all the talk. It's like, oh, this is a perfect situation. He's really only a, I know it's big money, but he's tied to this one-year deal. Like, they're a perfect spot for Levis or Richardson. Let them sit for a year. Let them learn underneath Geno. If Geno sucks, you move on. No, didn't draft anyone. One got him a receiver and another running back. That is, <laughs> that's really true. And I think that if you look at Smith and Jigba, you're thinking next year, uh, Tyler Lockett has a lot. He has, over, I think it's 20 something or 20 million next year to his contract. And it's more than cut in half if they let him go next year. So I think that's why you're looking at Smith and Jigba for 2024. How old for do fantasy you, how, purposes. How old do you think Tyler Lockett is? Oh, he's 30, 31. He's 30. He's, he's exactly 30. Yeah. He's been around forever. Yeah. So, He's been I good every like, year. He, I think he has been the Brandon best. Cooks too. Oh yeah. Well, Brandon Cooks like legit has been around forever, but he was like, <laughs> but people always treated Brandon Cooks. Like when he went to the Rams, it's like, oh man, this is going to be amazing. Even this first year with the text, like this is going to be amazing. He goes to the pa- Patriots. It's going to be amazing. Did he start with the Patriots? Who the hell did he start with? The Saints. Brandon Cooks? Rams. Yeah. Anyway, he went to the Rams. Oh, say- it was Saints, Patriots, Rams, oh, Texans, right? I think that's the order. I think that's the right order. Anyway, he was always right he was always yes. given. I'm gonna look it up. He was always given that. value as a wide. Like there'd be the chatter about him being like a fringe wide receiver one based on what he could do, and he put up those like consecutive, consecutive, consecutive thousand yard seasons. Lockett is just perpetually like a twelfth round pick in fantasy yeah, and just Saints. delivers every year. I forgot about the Saints years. How did I space on that? Yeah, Saints, Patriots, Rams, but Cooks is just Cooks who ends up on all those teams, which is why he got disrespected. But yeah, I think Tyler Lockett for this year is going to, I think he's going to be a value again because people are going to be like, oh, they drafted Smith and Jigba, which let's talk about the rookie situation. I actually, interesting enough, I'm going to I'm gonna plug something for you, Pat. I have an article coming out The Athletic. I look back at the history of first round drafted wide receivers and how good they are for fantasy because people make assumptions both ways. And Dotson is one of the ones I even called to last year. Like, hey, they spent a first rounder. And I was like, oh, he's buried. And I'm not saying go out and draft crazy like Smith and Jigba, but look at Dotson last year, top 50. He is draft relevant. And I would say Smith and Jigba is going to be frustrating, but if anything were to happen to Metcalf or Lockett, there's the ceiling there. Geno Smith is a huge winner. Although, you can say Kyle Trask is a huge winner for the Buccaneers, but looking at that situation, I think the more interesting play is what we started with this whole conversation is they draft Charbonnet and now split backfield we're back to the 55 45 ken walker not great in the passing game we saw his work he did get some passing game work but also to kind of like hijack this conversation for you but ken walker we talked about it on your ranking show talked about my ranking show with meanie we went through this a lot ken walker wasn't very efficient on a metric standpoint especially after the touch and so i'm not saying ken walker's losing the job i'm just saying he's going to lose that bell cow work where now there's a significant concern like Ken Walker with ETN in this tier four that he now is with, I have Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon seems to be sticking around with the Bengals and Miles Sanders with Carolina. Like, I, if you told me Ken Walker finishes his next tier down, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think he's firmly in that mix. The Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins, like the, we really don't know what's going on. But like, what about Damian Pierce? I know they have Devin Singletary now, but like Pierce was so good through 12 games and he kind of hit a rookie wall. That was the end of him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, he hit the rookie wall. Uh, wasn't a high draft capital, even though we liked Damian Pierce, because the opportunity similar to Tyler Algier. It was mostly about, hey, look, you have the opportunity for all those touches in the backfield. I think the Devin Singletary thing worries me a lot. Uh, not that I think Singletary is going to take the lead, but I have Damian Pierce down with the split backfield types of Swift and Brian Robinson, which isn't that far, but those are fringe RB2s for me. Uh, Aaron Jones is in the tier above him with uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Jameer Gibbs, the other rookie, Rashad White, big winner. And although, what's that offense going to be like? And then the resurgence of this is the Cam Akers, also a big winner. They didn't do anything. They drafted Zach Evans super late. Hey, Cam, Cam Akers proved his worth the final three weeks of the season last year. He was great. I, I know. I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> well, you'll, anyway, it's, it's no worse than C.J. Anderson at number one. That, that's probably still the worst. Hey, it happens. When you, when you have to make predictions, they don't all go swimmingly. Well, so let's talk about <laughs> uh, Gibbs for a second. I don't see any difference. Like, I, I, everyone wanted to hype DeAndre Swift year over year, mm-hmm. and I've always been the mm-hmm. one throwing the cold water on it, saying that Detroit just doesn't use running backs that way. He's going to have weeks where he's awesome. That's great. 
but he's also going to have weeks where he's an absolute disaster. I feel like Gibbs is going to be exactly the same way. So I have Gibbs in tier five with Aaron Jones, Isaiah Pacheco, Cam Akers, and Rashad White. Very small tier for me. I I, I would drop Rashad White, and I don't think Rashad White's going to end up being like the number one guy there. Like he'll be the number one, but more of like a a one A situation. And I would I would just I would have Aaron Jones higher. I would have nah. I I would have Cam Akers. Jordan Love. I I would have Cam. They might just run a ton. Who knows? Uh, I would have Cam Akers way higher. See, I, I can't do that because in the next tier up for me, as I mentioned I threw out some of the names, Dalvin Cook, I'm more of the backfield. Sure, then, then I drop Gibbs those and, guys down a tier then. Okay, so a little bit different in tiers aspect, but to go to Gibbs specifically, I, I said he's comparable in fantasy to Alvin Kamara, and uh, our good friend Emery Hunt actually had him as his number one running back in this draft class. That's how much he thinks of him. All that to be said is I'm with you in the fact that nothing's going to change really from being DeAndre Swift. Is That's why I have him at 19. He's still an RB2. He's still going to share the backfield with David Montgomery, who essentially becomes Jamal Williams of what we just saw last year. Sure, when Swift was healthy and not on the injury report heading into the week, he put up RB1 numbers, I think three out of the four games of those were the only games. I think he only had four games where he wasn't on the injury report. That being said, is the usage was still there. He had to be very efficient on those touches, and Gibbs can do that. But the threat of David Montgomery is still going to pull enough away from him. And honestly, the reason I have him here is because Aaron Jones, Rashad White, you just mentioned it, like I could see the other person in that backfield. Like if A.J. Dillon... I know he didn't do a ton last year, but if A.J. Dillon finally turned the corner and became the lead behind the Jordan Love offense or whatever, it wouldn't shock me. I'm not betting on it. If Dan Montgomery finished higher than Jameer Gibbs, wouldn't shock me not betting on it. And that's why I have these guys in this group. If I.J. Pacheco doesn't end up being the best running back for the Chiefs this year because it's the Chiefs, wouldn't shock me. Sure. Swift goes to Philly for a fourth-round pick to join Rashad Penny. I mean, if both those guys are healthy, I'd rather have Rashad Penny. I think he fits in much better with what Philadelphia does. I I would 100% agree with you, but I did not rank them as such because I'm not betting on Rashad Penny for 16 games, even 17. But, but we're going to bet on DeAndre. Games. We're going to bet on DeAndre Swift for 16 games, 17 games. No, I mean he played most of them. What did he have? 14, 15 last year? It's just he wasn't healthy. He wasn't 100% for most of them. Yeah, he was just he had like crutches on the field. He was like when the bulldozer had when they when the bulldozer had to go back and King of the Hill to get back his touchdown record because they want the guy on crutches score a touchdown. That was DeAndre Swift for 90% of the games that he played. Sure, that's fair. But like I said, four four healthy games. How many games was Swift last year? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. I think I, now I, I'm curious. I, I think 13, 14 sounds about right because he had that stretch towards 14. The, yeah, yeah 14. he had he had that stretch where he like missed a month, and every week he was like, "Oh, he's coming back." It's like, "Oh no, he's not coming back." And then he just didn't come back for a while, and they were like, "Hey, you know what our better play is? Give it to Jamal Williams on the one yard line every time, and he'll score." He's still DeAndre Swift was still RB twenty two last year, even only fourteen games, like in total in total points. Yeah, um, points, points per game because he had eleven point eight points per game. That puts him at. RB22. He was 22 overall and in points per game. Really? He was 22? Man. Really? Yes. Yep. Tied with Zeke at 11.8. Well, that I Right behind Damian Pierce and Leonard Fournette. Okay, that tracks. I guess there just weren't a lot of running backs that were in, like, full-time situations. Obviously, he was not at the same time. But just in terms of total points, I'm surprised he was that high. I'm surprised, too. I'm legitimately surprised. I thought he would be higher in points per game than he was in total points in the ranking. That actually surprised me. But that's 
you know, this goes back to the conversation we're having right now of DeAndre Swift, of Jameer Gibbs, of Ken Walker, of Travis Etienne. How many running backs really have the backfield to themselves nowadays? The NFL is just different. It's true. And we saw a lot of these third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round rookie running backs make an impact because of injuries at different points during the season. So it does seem like Robinson Gibbs, they're going to be fantasy relevant. They're going to be drafted in everyone's leagues. Carbonet on Seattle probably as well, because it would, the expectation would be that if Walker did go down, that he would just jump up into that role. And all of a sudden he has fantasy value. Other than those mm-hmm. three, where do you go that you can see these rookie running backs actually being drafted? Like, the, who's the dude who went to Miami? <laughs> Devon Ah-Chain. It's Chain. He's part of the Chain gang out there now. So he, Miami, he's, uh, he's off the chain. Like, what, what are they? They're bringing, back, the chain. They're, they're bringing back Colonel Mostart and Jeff Wilson. Like, you know, he could be the running back there in week, week five. Well, see, that's why I think a chain is more interesting for uh, let somebody else draft and potentially poach in a trade or even just kind of hopefully that he falls. I have a feeling he's going to be overdrafted because I do think Mostert and Wilson are going to be in the mix. Ahmed and Miles Gaskin feel like they won't be on the roster as they just rinse and repeat from last year, but it feels like they'll be the ones gone. Uh, but if something happened to one of them and it split down to two, that's the upside we're hoping for. Eventually he takes the lead, but I think it's going to be a mess. Oh, what are we dealing with here? Again, the same thing we said last year. It's an offense from the 49ers situation. They love speed and they love multiple running backs and they love everybody. This is the biggest part. You've said this a lot too. They love their running backs to have roles. If a chain is only in the passing game and the speed option and limited to eight, 12 touches per game. It's going to limit his ceiling. I don't think anybody in this backfield is ever going to near 20 touches a game. That's just not who McDaniel and this offense is. I would tend to agree with you that unless there was a, just a wave of injuries coming through that we're not going to see a ton of value that ends up coming through it. So who else uh, from the, the later round rookies that you like? there's three more that are interesting. So in different ways. So Kendry Miller for the saints is interesting. It's, it's weird because we don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara, but this, the reason I say it's weird more than interesting is because they signed Jamal Williams. Miller's a lot like actually Jamal Williams was the comp, the fancy comp I made for Miller before the draft. So that kind of gives you the idea of it's, it's redundancy, so to speak. So if Kamara suspended eight, the entire season, whatever kind of game situation it might be, I would still lean Jamal Williams because it's not like they drafted a Camara type. They actually drafted Jamal Williams type, who is interesting. But anyway, that interesting situation is going to be one to monitor because we don't know what's going on with Camara. The other two is Tajay Spears, but he's got a knee issue that people were concerned about, but he's behind Derrick Henry, which we find. How many years have we done this, Pat? There's somebody next to Derrick Henry. There's somebody next to Derrick Henry. He's the pass catcher next to Derrick Henry. Ah! Let's chill out. But if anything were to happen to Derrick Henry, Spears could be nice. And then the last one is Chase Brown with the Bengals because they said Joe Mixon's going to stay. Probably a pay cut, but that's a late-round rookie. Is it going to be Chris Evans? Is it going to be Brown? Uh, we know Samaj P. Ryan's gone. If Brown ends up being the immediate lead behind Joe Mixon, that's kind of a handcuff situation, an interesting one. But outside of that, mm, Bigsby, I brought him up before, is I think – of all these names we just mentioned, if you're looking for don't need an injury, I think Bigsby could be the one with the most standalone value. But probably not much value. Mm, RB3, 4. If that. Like if you went wide receiver he- if you went wide receiver he- heavy, he could be your two. And you hope that he gets a James Robinson type of share. And the James Robinson share includes goal line work. Okay, so... 
I'm just trying to think about this as it pertains to other running backs. Because there's going to be, like, I'm seeing early rankings, like Carbonet at 35 overall. That's a spot behind, like, James Cook and two ahead of Rashad Whoa. Penny. And, like, just in terms of, like, average ranking kind of thing. I'm on Fantasy Pros right yeah. now. Look at it. I don't think that many people I'm have f- done I'm rankings. I'm 41. But, like, would you rather have take a shot on Carbonet or try to pick right between Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman in Chicago? Hmm. I mean, it comes down to draft capital. So let's just let's say like they're all ranked around the same. Let's just say they're all going around the same. I'll take Herbert. I'll still take Herbert. I believe in Herbert. I think Herbert's also shown already he can be an RB one. Foreman has shown to spell and be good in replacement of other running backs. But we saw sometimes that involved Hubbard, and we saw that Deonta Foreman has a limited ceiling. Herbert's been an RB one. Herbert's been the guy when David Montgomery went down for the Bears. So I would rather go with Herbert just because we already have that there. I think he's still going to lead that backfield, but I think that backfield will be frustrating at times. So you know what else? I compare that to it's just with Justin Fields. I'll compare that to it's the. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards situation, which will probably make you say, I want the other one. Yeah, that, that's usually the way that I go. Who's the cheaper one? I'll take that one because Lord knows if we're going to try to predict this, we predict it wrong every time. So just go against the grain, take your savings, take someone else, then I'm, take the backup and maybe you'll just be right. I'm so getting sucked into J.K. Dobbins inside the top 20 this year. I'm letting you know right now. Yeah, but like J.K., I, I think when you're thinking about J.K. Dobbins as it pertains to the overall running back rankings, I think you you stated this in your tier, that I think he's around Cam Akers, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, like that yeah, range. Yeah. I think I'd rather have Akers. I think I'd rather have Cook, and I think I'd rather have Harris. But I'd rather close. have Harris, Cook. I'd rather have Harris and Cook, but not Akers. Okay. Parson through that. You're just mad. You're <laughs> mad at Acres, huh? <laughs> no, I still have. I have Acres inside my top. He's an RB2 for me. I'm an RB22. Yeah, that's not, that's not high I'm enough. Completely. That's, that's not high I enough. I know. Put him back to RB10. <laughs> what sort of odds do you think I could get on Cam Acres more fantasy points than Bijan Robinson? Oh, you could get all the odds in the world. Yeah, I that, think that's got to be. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not going to. 3,000? Yeah, thirty to one. Okay, you sign me up for all the money I own on that. Those sorts of odds. If you want to make it, you me. think that's too, you don't think it'll be that high? Wait, I think there's, you think okay. that one to outscore the other in a head-to-head fantasy points matchup that thirty to one would be the spread? No, <laughs> I don't. That uh, I could, that I could bet a hundred dollars to win to three thousand. No, it's like on, honestly, like no, not ten to one. Like it's it's closer than you think. Like if we ran the simulations, I, I can do this. I mean, I I don't think it's all updated on Run the Sims as of yet. That should be there like within the next two weeks. But I bet you the spread is something like sixty five thirty five, like sixty forty, something wow. like that. Because you have to factor in injury too. Like okay. if Robinson gets if Robinson gets hurt and Cam Akers doesn't, Cam Akers is gonna win. <laughs> Okay, well, sure. So, like, and that's where my brain is. I'm going pure projections. I'm projecting both for 16 games. But, but sure, but but, but we but you have to consider if you're going to put yeah. odds on something like that, that you have to factor okay. in the other circumstances as well. Of okay. how, how does this go right? How yeah. does this go wrong? Like, you're not wrong. Atlanta could just be shitty again. Now I understand that the Rams <laughs> also going to be shitty, but we could get into a situation where it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a very highly drafted rookie running back go into a situation. It's like, oh yeah, we're actually using three running backs. You know, it's year one. We don't want to put too many miles on them. I doubt that's what happens, but I think that's within the range of outcomes. Hmm. Uh, because you think it's, it, Arthur you, Smith you, you think it's, it's impossible that that happens. If healthy, I think it's impossible that Bijan doesn't touch the ball 18, 20, 22 times a game. All right, but I mean, that's probably what Akers is going to touch the ball, too. I don't think Akers is touching that. I, like, 
this dude was this close to getting cut from the Sean McVay was ready to cast the dude out to the world to like somebody else take him. I don't I'm done with this guy. And yeah, he looked good at the end of the season. But remember everybody campaigning for Kyron Williams last year? And oh, now I, what is everybody I, doing? I, I, I remember. I, I remember all of it. I remember the bad times and I remember the good times that came at the end of the year. So whatever happened with him, I mean, just look from the beginning of December on, 17, 12, 12, 23, 19, 21 carries in each of those games. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and project him to have 23 carries a game, but if he was at 15 carries a game and didn't get hurt all season long, play 17 games. Like, it's, it's a pretty close matchup. Yeah, I think it's a little bit further, but I, I get what you're saying. And for everybody out there that's, oh, Zach Evans, he was a sixth rounder, a late sixth rounder. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's like 500 running backs go in the draft every year. There's going to be unsigners, guys that weren't drafted, you that know get what? signed, that will end up making an impact. Like, we want to talk ourselves into a lot of these rookies, and that's probably for a dynasty show, because you can get real value on that. In terms of redraft, these guys don't fucking matter until they do matter no. later on. <laughs> well, so to that point of, well, then they don't until they do. Uh, the one I will say in that fashion is Eric Gray, the one that the Giants drafted. Uh, he could easily leapfrog that backfield and be the replacement if Saquon Barkley goes down. He could be like he's Breed is. We know what Breed is limited as this of his career. Gary Brightwell is not anything in the NFL. Uh, I think he could be interesting, but that, again, that's he's not going to matter until he does. Uh, the one that doesn't trick me a little bit. You said you were hesitant on Rashad White is Sean Tucker from Syracuse. His health issue is why he got left out of the entire draft on a talent basis. He's a top seven, eight running back in this draft class. If he's healthy, which they gave him a pretty generous undrafted free agent contract. And I'm not saying everybody out there should go James Robinson all over again. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if there's a world where if like you're not confident in Rashad White, if just healthy for two or three years, and that's what we need for Sean Tucker for fantasy purposes, hopefully for his sake, it's his entire life. But fantasy purposes, two or three years, I mean, he could get past Rashad White on talent alone. It's just funny to see the Tampa backfield. Like, I have, who do you think that their starting quarterback is going to be by week one? That, who, who's going to give them a better chance to, to to crash for Caleb Williams next year? I mean, they can Maybe go so they, Kyle they, Trask. I mean, they're, they're I mean, Kyle Trask is fine and everything. They're like, if they want to be like relatively competitive, they should probably just go sign all the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons guys. Sign Josh Gordon and sign AJ McCarron. You're, you're off oh, to no. the races. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is still sitting out there. He most certainly is. He's probably going to continue <laughs> to sit out there, too. Uh, someone will sign him as a backup, right? I, I, that's what I'm saying. So the fact that they haven't makes me think they're legitimately... It's Baker? I mean, is it, is it Baker? If you want to tank, it's Trask. If it's the answer to be competitive, it's Baker. Well, I mean, you can still tank with Baker, and then it doesn't make it seem Ten. like you're tanking. <laughs> that's what Carolina did. Yeah. They... they, they Played competitively in quotes with Baker Mayfield. I just see Rashad White as... It's funny. I don't want to say a better version of James White, but a similar role to James White receiving-wise. Like I, I always feel like the receiving base is going to be there, but he'll probably end up with more carries. But I just never see him being, and maybe I'm wrong, being like the goal line back. Like, is he going to score 10 touchdowns in a season? Oh, you know, no. Not on, not on this team, for one thing. They might even score 10 rushing yeah. touchdowns. But percentage of rushing touchdowns from this team, how many go to Rashad White? Like 20% probably? Mm, yeah, I would say optimistically 40% at most. Yeah, so there's not, I just don't feel like there's a whole lot of value there. Like, there could be value for him if he's $4,100 on DraftKings and you catch him in the week where he has 13 targets, then yeah, that's great. But other than that, I, I just don't have much confidence. No, I, I definitely get that. 
Well, I think we'd probably need to uh, do another show on wide receivers by themselves. Just on wide receivers? Just, just on wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we'll call this one, we went through like running back rankings overall. So that's kind of nice. I do want to touch on the quarterbacks very briefly. Before we Be- get out. Yeah, before we get out, because I, I, I don't think we need to have an in-depth conversation about what these guys are going to do in redraft leagues. Like, I think the only one that you probably really want to take is Richardson if he ends up starting because, I don't know, I, we've done this with Trey Lance. We've done this with Jalen Hurts. We've done this with Lamar Jackson. If we have a quarterback who we know can utilize – fuck, I, I was drafting Malik Willis at the end of drafts last year yeah, in the off too. chance that he would get into games and rush for 200 yards. Like, we know how much value that these – quarterbacks have in fantasy if it looks at all like he has a chance to start week one i will be drafting him that's easy no i think uh, so yes i have actually right now with the assumption so the rankings are anthony richardson starter i have him in tier four that's outside of the daniel jones geno smith dak prescott tier it's the next tier and I have him with Kirk Cousins. I have Bryce Young in this tier too. Uh, Bryce Young is not going to run for everybody out there. Like, oh, he's like Kyle Murray. Yeah, size-wise, like Kyle Murray. He's actually a better natural passer and won't run as much. He'll run probably in the four to 500 peak range. He's not going to be seven, eight, 900, and he might only be three to 400. That being said, that's why Bryce Young is down here because he has some rushing, but it's not the Anthony Richardson rushing upside. And that's why I have Richardson in this tier is because Richardson can run for six, seven, eight hundred, and multiple touchdowns. But the passing is going to be the question. Uh, he has some good weapons to throw to, but I would say Richardson, for me, is the highest of the rookies. I think Bryce Young is draftable. Just taking the flyer on your second quarterback, and like, hey, maybe he surprises. Maybe he is a fringe QB1. The lowest I have is C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud's the best passer of the three, but he's not going to run much, and he's on the Texans. I like just looking at the overall, like, are we pretty convinced that one, two, three is going to be some combination of Hertz, Allen, and Mahomes? Yeah, I actually have them in a tier by themselves. Okay. And then my next tier is Lamar, Burrow, and Fields. Okay. So I, I think Fields is the perfect way to kind of spin this into Richardson. If Richardson starts week one, what really is the difference between Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson? Mm, the fact is that mm, is the offense yet acclimated to him. Yeah, you're you're shifting your offense completely. Did they make Justin, that kind of transition? Ch- Justin, that Chicago's offense wasn't shifted towards Justin Fields. He just kind of ran around, and that was good right. enough. Right, and he didn't, well, that, but that was his year two. He came into a situation where it wasn't shifted for him, and it was miserable. Let's forget that initial start. Well, I would hope that you take the guy at number four overall, and if you do plan on starting, you him, hope you, you make some concessions to be like, you know what? Maybe we should design some plays for the guy who's playing quarterback. But just a hunch. You just, would just think. a hunch. We sat there and watched the Bears do it none. That's why Nagy's not the coach anymore. Not at all. Not one lick for Justin Fields. And they didn't change the offense at all. The Eagles, let's go back to that. Jalen Hurts' offense was not immediately for him when he came in for Carson Wentz. They took him till the next year. So you would hope, I'm saying that, you would hope, but also we just saw the Titans last year. That offense was not from Malik Willis. I'm not saying no. this hasn't been like, oh, okay, Malik, but, but, but Malik Willis deserved but, a chance. But, but, but you're talking about three separate situations where these guys came where in, they came in mid-season. mid-season. If we're saying that Richardson's going to be the starter from week one, I think that's a different scenario. Okay, fair. Fair. That's fair. My concern is if it's an open competition and they try to straddle the fence all the way till week one, that's and then stupid. it's a late call. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but because teams do stupid things all the time. Sure. But, like, would you, in a fantasy draft, would you rather draft Aaron Rodgers or Anthony Richardson? I'd rather draft Richardson. Although, for that point, for uh, what? I, and I would say that, like, when we kind of do the bell curve on it, Rodgers probably outscores him 
65 percent of the time it's just if yeah, i was Richard, gonna say 70 <laughs> yes 65 70 percent of the time i acknowledge that but i see aaron Rodgers like his ceiling as a fantasy quarterback if everything goes right is like the fourth overall qb whereas richardson well, if everything say, go- like qb six, well i'm saying that that is the season. best possible season that he could have richardson if richardson has the best possible season he can have as a rookie like i mean if he rushes for 12 touchdowns then he could be qb one He's uh, not going. He's not and, going to be. But the ceiling right. is higher on Richardson for what he brings to the table. If we're ranking Justin Fields at four overall, fuck, then Richardson might as well be five. <laughs> for your point, and that, and so the reason I have him that tier is because of all the risk that comes with it. So yes, if I'm sitting there on the draft board, and you, we talk about this every year. I'm going to take these guys. You, this, you've said it since day one. I've known you. I'm going to take the guys that could potentially finish top three like i want to win my league i don't want qb10 i say the same thing at tight end all the time if you don't get travis kelsey or you know whatever it might be like i don't want tight end 10 i don't want qb10 i don't want those guys i want the ones that could potentially finish top five so i'm sitting there and my decision is between aaron Rodgers, anthony richardson this is why we talk through ranks which is so great to do with you every single year i have rogers ahead of richardson if i'm on the board drafting i'm drafting richardson because i know i can replace him much easier than if i wasted a pick on aaron Rodgers giving those ceilings and this is where i think that i mean this is why again why we talk it through why my rankings always look a little bit different than anyone else's because in that scenario if and i agree with you i would take richardson over rogers i would just have richardson ranked higher <laughs> and that makes sense yeah and that's what, like so i actually but you but you, but you but you win awards for rankings accuracy and people just don't even want to look which at is mine. why i stopped <laughs> no this is why i completely stopped last year for this reason it's like because i don't want to play this game anymore because i have to sit there and explain paragraphs and paragraphs and questions of like yes this is why i sat on pat's show and i just heard you on pat's show on wednesday say you would start blank over blank but you have blank ranked ahead of blank it's like yeah because the rankings are going to projections which is what happens 70 80 percent of the time that's how these rankings work it's like what what happens the majority of the time what gives you the best bet if it's me personally jake and i want to try to win i'm going to go with some of these higher upside guys and break them down which is why halfway through the season i said screw this i'm using this table and i'm going to tell you this is how i would play every single player down the list and that's when i started doing that it's way more fun that way you converted it? me pat i know it's just it it's is more fun i think that's what people want too like uh, make make a stand like listen i can run projections as well and be like hey here are my projections it's great go go sub to run right now and by like three weeks from now you can run all your projections you can customize them yourself you don't need us to make rankings for you the, re- the reason that we do rankings and fight over is like who are you gonna play I mean, if we just played all the projections that wouldn't be very fun would it no that's much more knowledgeable this time and lends a lot more to making these decisions why we talk through them too yeah the same thing you know me i have customizable projections too and that's why you sit there you want to play with them and you want to see what your best bets and hey those are great for betting too if you want to make those kind of odds and run the sims and like head over there those are great but you know if you're talking about scoring for fantasy and you want that ceiling do you really want what we always used to say do you really want frank Gore? do you really want your running back just to score six seven points every single week kudos no that's not what you want well, I think that's where it comes down to with quarterback this year, too, and what we've seen historically. Like, we're going to be thrown a number and a stat that comes out about how good, how consistent Kirk Cousins has been at quarterback over the course of the past five years, which is true. But you never wanted him as your starting quarterback in fantasy. Like, I still like don't Phillip, want him. Like Philip Rivers all those years. He was consistent in fantasy. Like he was top 10 guy. It's like, yeah, he's 10th. Great. I, I can stream together better than that, probably. 
You you know what Kirk Cousins did last year? Averaged just about the same as Jared Goff in a points per game base. It was like 16 and 16, somewhere right around there. Um, yeah. They, again, draft Anthony Richardson because you can find Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and Derek Carrs on the waiver wire every single year. Hey, this is why people laughed at us when we had Jalen Hurts. I think I had Jalen Hurts at five or four last year. I, uh, that, I that, legit. That, do you remember? That, do you remember? I should have. Like, was it? No. I should. This is one where the project. Do you remember we had this conversation? I had my projections spat him out as number one, and I pushed him down to three because I'm like, I'd still take Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes every single time. But and I would again. Too. This is why we. But yeah, that's me. But Hertz. Hertz was the guy that won your leagues last year. He did. One a lot of our viewers and I still have people in our comments thanking both of us, including you, Pat, on some of those. <laughs> no one's thanking me for any good picks. Trust me on that <laughs> one. All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. A foray back into fantasy football we did running backs and quarterbacks today next time jake receivers and tight ends tight ends seems kind of fun sounds good except i'll be sitting here like this with a giant sling on my arm (laughs) well maybe you won't move so much (laughs) that's true theathletic.com for all of jake's work at all in kid on twitter you'll be seeing more of jake on the pat mayo experience over the course of the next nine months after we took our little bit of a vacation away from football but now i'm excited to get back in honestly jake i know people do all this work before the draft i don't care i think it's just nice to get away from football for a minute i i think it was a nice break i mean hey look i went and got married and went on a honeymoon during it yeah who would have thought well me too much too much free time i'm gonna get married finally yeah that that's all it took it was just like hey why don't you go on vacation uh just a limit you don't need to do football every single day in april 3rd jake and then all of a sudden you're like hey i'm married now this is great <laughs> take some time off make my we'll see what we'll see if 2023 jake is any different than the years you used to know we'll see all right, I'm Pat Mayo. Follow me at the PME. RunTheSims.com right now is still in spring football mode. And let me tell you, Paul turned me on to this one because I wasn't paying attention. USFL is going on right now. Printing press for unders just cleaned <laughs> up on the weekend uh, over at Prize Picks. Code DOP at Prize Picks is going to deposit match of up to $100, by the way. And then RunTheSims.com, you can compare the projections versus the Prize Picks ones. And they're not even close a lot of the time. If it wasn't for that one running back who went off, I think I would have won like 5000 bucks. But instead, I only won like wow. 1700 because one guy ended oh, up okay. going off that I thought was going to go under, but he got like 32 carries. What are you going to do? Uh, something, you know, they're not going to be. It's, it's not going to be 100% of the time, but they were giving us ones that were going to be like 89% winners, 87% winners when you ran the simulations 10,000 times. It's like, all right, let's go over and do that. Go, so go to runthesims.com slash Mayo, full DraftKings stuff over there if you want to play lineups for XFL and USFL, all the props that are over there as well, along with full projections. So if you're interested in that, I highly recommend you go check it out. Plus, the season-long fantasy projections for NFL will be free for you if you have a free account at Run the Sims. Those will be coming very, very soon, so I highly recommend that you go sign up. All right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.